Thank you, Eliza. That was a beautiful reminder of Jesus' coming for our salvation. Welcome. It's good to be with you as we open up God's Word together. Would you please turn in your Bibles to our passage this morning, John 10, verses 1 through 42. If you don't have a Bible, there are pew Bibles in front of you, or chair Bibles, I should say, and it's on page 842 and 843 there. If you don't own a Bible, you are more than welcome to take the Bible in front of you and take it home as a gift from us. We want you to have God's Word in your hands. Our passage this morning is one of the most beloved in John's Gospel with good reason. Because in it, we see Jesus present us with the encouraging truth that He is the Good Shepherd who cares for His sheep. This imagery of Jesus as a Good Shepherd has inspired and encouraged Christians for centuries. Some of the earliest Christian art that we have scrawled by persecuted Christians on the walls of the Roman catacombs depicts Jesus carrying a sheep. We see this imagery of the Good Shepherd used in the names of Christian aid organizations, Christian hospitals. It's on stained glass windows and Sunday school flannel graphs. And for most of us, it brings to mind pictures of Jesus' care for us. And it's certainly no less than that. But there's also much more to Jesus' role as a shepherd that we can see in John's Gospel. And so my hope is that as we walk through this, we will see the depths of His love and care for us. Depths of love that outstrip any sort of human love, as good as it might be, and that stand in stark contrast to the abuses and exploitations that so often occur in our fallen world, especially those committed by those who claim to speak for God. So would you stand, if you're able, for the reading of God's Word and let us see Jesus, the Good Shepherd, come to care for us. John 10, verses 1-42, through I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. 
I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He is a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world you are blaspheming? Because I said I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign. But everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. In our passage this morning, Jesus says to us, I am the good shepherd. And these words ought to encourage us with Christ's love. They ought to fill us with gratitude especially this Christmas season as we consider the incarnation when Jesus came into the world. And his words to us, I am the good shepherd, should lead us to follow him in gratitude and love all the days of our life. This passage is rich with the love and care and goodness of Jesus. A love and care that shows itself in very specific ways and ultimately in His going to a cross for us. But it also is presented to us in stark contrast to the abuses of the Pharisees in Jesus' day, the abuses of God's people in the Old Testament by those who claimed to speak for God, 
and the abuses we see in our own day where many who claim to be God's shepherds feed on God's flock. And so we have here a picture of Jesus' love, a love that is the answer to many of the sins we see in our world. First thing we need to see, the main thing we need to see, is that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. This is the main point of the whole passage, and it is something that Jesus makes clear, and that serves as a shot across the bow against the Pharisees. As we've been going through John's Gospel, we've been seeing that the conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders at the time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, has been boiling and getting higher and higher. Last week, we saw that the Pharisees were opposing not only Jesus, who was sent by the Father into the world, but were opposing and harshly attacking anyone who followed Jesus. We saw that in the story of the man born blind, whose eyes Jesus had opened, who they had threatened to cast out of the synagogue. They threatened to cut off his social connections, his financial connections. They were attempting to intimidate anyone who might follow Jesus, God in the flesh. And they were taking harsh steps to interrogate and try to stop any support of Jesus. And not only did they do that, we know from elsewhere in Matthew's Gospel, in Mark's Gospel, in Luke's Gospel, earlier in John's Gospel, that they were exploiting those who were among God's people, that they were taking advantage of God's flock. And they were claiming to speak for God. And they were saying that Jesus was an enemy of God. And so the people, as we've been seeing all through John's Gospel, are being faced with a choice. Will we follow Jesus? Or will we follow these religious leaders who are telling us not to follow Jesus? Who is truly from God? Who should we truly listen to? Who is the true authority over us? And it is in that context of conflict with the Pharisees and of their abuse of God's people that Jesus presents Himself as the Good Shepherd in contrast to them, false and wicked shepherds. We see that in verses 1-6 through where Jesus draws a contrast between true shepherds and false thieves and robbers. He says this, verses 1-6, through Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So Jesus opens with a contrast, right? Between the true shepherd of the sheep and thieves and robbers who are entering the sheepfold and stealing the sheep but who are not the true legitimate shepherds. See the contrast there? Jesus here draws on language of sheep herding, which they would have been very familiar with. In those days, at night, they would guide the sheep into a sheep pen, which had stone walls and had only one entrance, one controlled entrance. The safety team would like that if they were designing the sheepfold. And so you would have a guard at the entrance, and they were only to let in the authorized true shepherd. And so if at night there were other people in the sheepfold other than the true shepherd, they were not supposed to be there. They would have had to climb in over the walls. 
and you knew that if they weren't supposed to be there, they were up to no good. They were stealing the sheep, and they weren't the authorized shepherd. Jesus here is saying that he is the good shepherd. He is the true shepherd. And that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders were thieves and robbers. Not only that, Jesus makes clear that he as the good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him. He goes on to say to the legitimate shepherd who enters by the door, verse 3, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear the shepherd's voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee for him from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. So Jesus says the true shepherd comes in by the true gate and has the sheep's best interest in heart. The false shepherds sneak in to steal and rob and take advantage of the sheep and are illegitimate shepherds. The true shepherd, when he speaks, the sheep will recognize him and will follow him. While the false shepherds, when they speak, will not be followed by the sheep. And so Jesus is again laying out a contrast. And remember the context in which this is coming. The people are having to decide, are we going to follow Jesus and risk being cast out of the synagogue by these leaders? Or will we follow them and think that Jesus is a false teacher leading us astray? The people are being faced with a choice, as are we. Will we follow Jesus or not? And Jesus is making the claim, I am the true shepherd. I am the one who the true sheep will listen to. And those Pharisees over there are the false shepherds. They are not the ones the sheep will listen to. And so he's presenting a contrast. He's throwing down a gauntlet. He's calling people to follow him, the good shepherd. And this idea that the sheep will know the shepherd is going to be drawn on by Jesus again and again and again in the passage. Verses 14 through 16, when he gets into the good shepherd, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Jesus says, I know my flock. My flock will recognize my voice. And all through John's Gospel, we've been seeing this division. People either believe in Jesus or they reject Jesus. And Jesus here says that the true sheep, God's true flock, will hear the voice of Him, the true shepherd, and because they are the sheep of God, they will recognize Him while those who are not recognizing Him do not recognize Him because ultimately they aren't God's sheep. We see this in the events of verses 19-42 through where the Jews gather around and say, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, if you're truly from God, tell us plainly. And Jesus says, I have told you plainly. He's been telling them again and again and again throughout John's Gospel. He's been doing what the Messiah was promised to do. He's been acting on behalf of the Father. He says, I have told you, I've made it plain as day, but you do not believe. Ultimately, why don't they believe? 
Verse 26, You do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So he says, all of my sheep will hear my voice. They'll recognize me when I come. They'll follow me. But those who don't follow me can't believe in me because ultimately they aren't my sheep. And so we have this argument from Jesus that he is the true shepherd sent from the Father to shepherd the Father's sheep. That all of the Father's true sheep recognize him as the true shepherd. And that those who are not of the Father's flock do not recognize Jesus and instead are going off and following other false shepherds. So Jesus is saying, I'm the true shepherd and all of the true sheep of the Father, if they are the true sheep of the Father, will follow me. And those who aren't the sheep won't. Now that might seem like a bit of a circular argument. Where Jesus says there's this conflict about whether you should follow me. I'm the true shepherd. If you follow me, you show yourself to be a true sheep. But remember, Jesus has been throughout this gospel doing the things that God's representative was supposed to do. He was fulfilling the acts the Messiah was supposed to do. He was fulfilling the promises made of him. He was acting and showing himself to be not just the true shepherd, but the good shepherd. He was bringing blessing and life to those who were lost in blindness and death. He was teaching that which was righteous. He was living his life in a way that showed himself to be from the Father. And so he's been building a resume throughout John's Gospel that he is from God. And at the same time, the Pharisees, through their exploitation of people, in Jesus' day, were building a resume that showed that though they claimed to be from God, they were not truly from God. And so Jesus, in verses 7-18, through 18, moves into making this case that He is the Good Shepherd who gives life to His sheep, unlike the Pharisees, and that He gives life to His sheep by giving His life for His sheep. A giving of His life for His sheep that comes at great cost to Himself And that shows that he loves the sheep and has the sheep's best interest at heart. Jesus makes clear in verses 7 through 10 that he has come to give life to the sheep. He says this Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. So there's others who've come in to steal the sheep, to do harm to the sheep. But I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus says, whoever comes to me will have life. What do sheep need to live? They need green grass. They need pasture. They need sustenance. They need to go in and out to the places of water, the places where they will find nourishment and life. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who brings them those things. If they enter by me the door, they will have life. They will drink their fill. They will eat their fill. They'll be protected. 
I will bring blessing to the sheep. But others, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. They come to take advantage of the sheep, to eat the sheep, to destroy the sheep. But Jesus says, I came not that the sheep might be killed, not that I might eat the sheep myself, not that I might take advantage of the sheep myself. I came that the sheep may have life and not just get by, that they may have abundant life. Jesus came to give life to His sheep. To bring blessing to His sheep. Physical blessing, but most importantly, spiritual blessing. He came to save and to bring life. While others, like the Pharisees, though they claimed to speak for God, were eating the sheep, killing the sheep, destroying the sheep, taking advantage of the sheep. Here Jesus in his language, is drawing on the Old Testament. Throughout the Old Testament, we see examples of those who were the leaders of God's people who took advantage of the sheep, just as the Pharisees did. We have the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, in in the book of Samuel, who exploited those of God's people who stole money, who took sexual advantage of those who came to worship God. We read in the book of Micah, God criticizing the leaders of Israel. He compares them to cannibals who are taking God's people and boiling the flesh off their bones so they can eat them up for their own gain as they took advantage of them by virtue of their power and exploiting them economically. In the book of Ezekiel, which is probably the most direct background for this good shepherd language, In Ezekiel 34, God confronts the evil and wicked leaders of God's people, the shepherds of Israel. These are God's words in Ezekiel 34, verses 2 through 6. It says, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. God confronts them. He says, you're supposed to be shepherding and loving and caring for God's people. But you're taking advantage of them. You're eating them. You're clothing yourselves with their wool. You're slaughtering them, but you're not feeding them. You're not strengthening the weak. You're not healing the sick. You're not binding up the injured. You are thieves and robbers, to use Jesus' words. You are not leading the sheep in and out to find good pasture. You are not saving the sheep, Jesus says to the leaders of Israel. They're stealing and killing and destroying, just like the Pharisees were doing in the days of Jesus. And it's against that backdrop of the false shepherds of God's people taking advantage and eating up God's people, God's sheep for their own benefit, that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Verse 10, I came that they may have life 
and have it abundantly. I am not going to be like these wicked shepherds, Jesus says. I have come to be the good shepherd, to give life to the sheep who are being exploited. And this itself is a fulfillment of the promises of God. You see, going on in Ezekiel 34, God confronting those wicked shepherds said, one day I myself, I God myself am going to come and I will shepherd the sheep. I will do what you, the wicked shepherds, are not doing. He says this, Ezekiel 34, so he's just criticized them for feeding on the sheep, for not feeding the sheep. And he says, behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. Sounds pretty similar to what Jesus says when he says, I will call my sheep by name and lead them out. In John 10 verse 3. When he says, they will go in and out and find pasture as I lead them. God goes on to say, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them. Then goes on to talk about how he will feed them when the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. He says, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. In the opening of Ezekiel, he criticizes them for not binding up the injured, for not strengthening the weak, for not feeding the sheep in justice. And so God in Ezekiel says, one day I'm going to come, and I'm going to do what the wicked shepherds refuse to do, I will bind up the sheep that you haven't bound up. I will feed the sheep that you haven't fed. I will strengthen the weak sheep that you haven't strengthened. And what does Jesus say He'll do? He says He'll come, He'll call His sheep, He will feed them, He will take care of them. When He says, I am the Good Shepherd, He's saying, I am, that's the language of God's name in the Old Testament, I am God, Come to do what God has said He will do to deliver My people from these wicked shepherds who are taking advantage of them. Jesus is unlike any shepherds who seek to feed themselves on the flock. This isn't just limited to the Old Testament. We know of shepherds who exploit children for their sexual gratification. We know of televangelists who con the weak and the vulnerable and the sick. We know of those who abuse their authority to satisfy their own ego or to make themselves rich off God's flock. Nothing could be more opposed to Jesus than that. And God's answer to those sorts of abuses is to say, I have come Myself to give life to my sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who gives life, who feeds the sheep in justice, who leads them to pasture land, who guides them in and out to deep waters of life. I will bring life, though the false shepherds have brought death. I will rule in righteousness and justice and feed my sheep where so many other shepherds have failed and exploited them. I have come as God in the flesh to do this, Jesus says.
Jesus knows his sheep. He calls them out. His sheep know him. They follow him. Jesus gives life to his sheep, unlike the thieves and robbers who sought to destroy them. But how does Jesus do this? Ultimately, Jesus gives life to his sheep by giving his own life for his sheep. An act that shows that he truly is the good shepherd. Thieves and robbers don't give their lives for the sheep. They cut and run if there's any danger. But Jesus, the good shepherd, shows his goodness ultimately and most clearly by laying down his own life of his own will to save the sheep. See this in verses 11 through 18. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. If you're just into shepherding for your own financial gain or your own self-interest, as soon as danger comes, are you going to stick around to defend those sheep? No. You're going to cut and run. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, verse 14. I know my own and my own know me. I know them and I love them. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, verse 15. He says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, referring to Gentiles. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Gentiles and Jews united as one people of God through Jesus. It says, for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Jesus here is predicting his own upcoming death, his own hanging on a cross for the life of his sheep, his giving of himself to bring life to us, forgiveness and freedom from sin. Would a shepherd in it for themselves ever die for his sheep? Certainly not. But Jesus is the good shepherd. And he shows himself to be the good shepherd by giving up his life. And not just as someone who was caught off guard and happened to be killed by his enemies who outfoxed him. No, Jesus knew the whole time where he was going. Listen to what he says, verse 18. Listen to the words of the good shepherd. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. Jesus came into the world to give life to his sheep, and all along the way, he knew that it would come through his giving his life for his sheep. And yet he didn't shy away from that. He didn't turn away from the cross. He didn't turn away from giving of himself. He went to the cross knowingly, died for his sheep knowingly, that we might have life. Wicked shepherds who don't care for the sheep don't do that sort of thing. But Jesus shows himself to be the good shepherd, a better shepherd than any of the Pharisees, a better shepherd than any of the leaders in the Old Testament, a better shepherd than those in our own day who take advantage of God's sheep through the ultimate example of giving of himself at the cross. For our salvation. What could be a clearer example 
of Jesus' love and His care than Him hanging on that cross for us. Than Him willingly walking the path to that cross for us. Friends, there is no greater example of God's love. There is no greater proof that Jesus is who He says He is, that He is the Good Shepherd than that. And our hope is in that. Is in a shepherd who calls us by name, who knows us, who gives us life, ultimately by giving his own life for us. My hope is that that will increase our love for him, that that will lead us to follow him all the days of our life with gratitude, that that will lead us to joyfully follow the good shepherd of us, his flock. Jesus loves us more than a flannel graph can communicate, unless the flannel graph is showing and hanging more than stained glass windows can ever truly explain. Jesus loves us. He cares for us. He is the good shepherd, greater than any other shepherd that there ever has been or ever will be. Let us go to him in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for dying for us, for going to the cross that we might be saved. You are the good shepherd who leads us out to good pastures, who cares for us, who watches over us, and who has ultimately done this through your death on the cross and your resurrection. We give you thanks. Help us to follow you as your flock. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.